0: You ever wondered what it was like to experience the magic that happens when the imaginary people in your head become real to other people? I have. I'm Maddie Margarita and this is Character Floss. Our special guest today is Lisa Unger. Lisa is the New York Times, an internationally bestselling selling author uh, with books published in 30 languages and millions of copies sold worldwide. She is widely regarded, this is my favorite sentence of your bio, she's widely regarded as a master of suspense. Uh, And we are here talking today about her latest novel, Last Girl Ghosted. Hi, Lisa.
1: Hi, Maddie. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, Welcome. Well, we're hoping that your Labradoodle uh, makes an appearance at some point during our talk. So He
1: he definitely will. He's uh, over on the... He usually just kind of jumps up on the couch behind me at a certain point. That's kind of his.
0: That's good. And snuggles in. Well, I hope everybody will snuggle in and listen to our um, discussion of the brilliant book that you wrote. I... I read it and, it and we were talking a few minutes before. I really loved the book. It, some books you read, this book you experience. Um, so that's enough about what I'm saying about it. Do you want to talk a little bit about what we can talk about? I don't want to give anything away um, yeah. because it is so layered, but.
1: Absolutely. So yeah, when we first opened the cover of Last Girl Goes to so We Meet Ren, And Ren is an advice columnist and, you know, she comes from this really dark past, but she's sort of found her way into the light and she's built a life for herself that she loves. And she has work that is meaningful to her and she has friends that, you know, is like, like, especially her very close friend, Jax, was like the family that she's chosen And, you know, but her friend Jax kind of feels like, you know, you're lonely. Maybe you could meet someone. And she pushes Ren into the world of online dating. And Ren kind of reluctantly enters this zone. And she has a couple of, like, very underwhelming encounters. And then she meets Adam. And when she meets Adam, she falls for him hard. Um, and they have this sort of white hot romance, you know, they, they kind of discovered New York City again, where she's lived for a long time, but now it all seems new. And they're just, you know, they're foodies, and they're both big readers, and they both love Rilke. And she thinks that this guy is the one. And so after a particularly uh, romantic evening, he makes a request. he says, tell me something that you've never told anyone. And she does. And then the next day, Adam disappears. His social media profiles have been deleted. His cell phone is disconnected. And the place where she thought he lived is just a vacation rental. And so when a private detective shows up on Ren's doorsteps um, and tells her that there are other women, other women who thought they were in love with Adam, and all those women have disappeared, Ren decides that she needs answers. She's not just going to be able to kind of, you know, lick her wounds and move on and just be glad worse things didn't happen from this man that she thought that she knew. So she decides to follow his dark digital trail into his past and into her own. And that's Last Girl Ghosted.
0: It was um, so interesting. Uh, I hope I'm not being... uh... Revealing too much about myself, but I mean, I think most women can relate to this. Most people, because this isn't just a power that men have over women. Women have a similar power over men, Mm -hmm. um, depending on the person. When you meet somebody and you have that, like you said, that intensity that is just burns so brightly and it's, it skips through everything. And then to have that ripped away, um, like that and have it disappear and not know what happened. It's crazy, but most women, you know, berate themselves and wonder whatever. But Ren, even before the detective shows up, she's not having any of him, Adam, disappearing on her. Uh, yeah, she really starts. Not right. 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 Yeah. So, so what was it about that experience in your mind uh, that made her go above and beyond and didn't just say, oh, okay, there's another one that j- ghosted me? What was it? Was it the experience? Was it the person? What was it that caused her to break out of her? I mean, her what, I, what
1: I think is the reason she chased him. And, and, you know, maybe she has other reasons that I'm not, mm-hmm. <laughs> that I'm not privy to, but <laughs> I think the reason that she chased him is that, you know, she comes from this really dark past and it's like a piece of herself that she that she hid. She hides from everyone. You know, she says in the book, oh, we reveal ourselves in layers to people as we get to know them. And that's really true. You know, we sort of, as we get, to, as we fall in love with somebody, we reveal ourselves slowly, peel back the layers, peel back the layers, and then h- hope that when, you know, when the core is finally revealed, that um, that it's enough, that it's good enough, right? That you could still be loved. And so she, after all these years of, you know, being kind of in a cocoon, you know, she's got this, you know, she's got this advice column. She uses this, this podcast and her, you know, the column that she has in the newspaper. It's not like, you know, it's not like an etiquette column or like necessarily like it's not a light advice column. It's like, you know, I will help you find your way through the darkness kind of a column. Like she comes from trauma and she wants to help other people get over trauma. But in a lot of ways, she's created like a kind of a cocoon around herself. And, you know, she's maybe used it a little bit to just not deal with the fact that she has this sort of dark thing in her past that she's kind of essentially buried. You know, she has secrets and lies and layers to her that are not that are not going to be easily they're not going to be easily revealed. And, uh, so I feel like, you know, she, and she hadn't trusted anybody in such a long time. And then she gave him this thing, you know, she gave him this piece of herself that she had hidden and hadn't told anyone. And she gives it to him because like in that moment, she says, um, you know, if I don't give it to you now, then I'm, then I'm hiding it. And it's a lot, then it's a lie. And she doesn't want to lie. She wants to be, she wants to be true. And so she gives this thing to him and then he disappears. And I think to her, it almost feels like she, he stole something from her. He took something and um, she wants it back. Of course, she can't get it back, but she, she wants, she wants it back.
0: Well, you know, and I think Ren is such an interesting character. Uh, I I really love her, but I am, uh, I am obsessed with Adam. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the the fact that, I mean, he, I'm obsessed with him as a character yeah. and I'm obsessed with his power, uh, of, um, uh, intuition and yeah. instinct and how, like you mentioned before, that Ren is not the only, uh, person that he's, yeah. been, he's connected with the only woman that he's connected with on that level. And yeah. it, it really is intoxicating to have somebody see you, uh, and, yes. and just be yeah. totally, uh, overwhelmed by your presence and not see anything else and to see things about you that other people don't know and to feel like they're looking right into your soul and that you you relate to this person and and i think even though this is an interesting experience and not everybody's been pursued by a um uh, a serial person the they're not even gonna That's call him a you know what uh, a serial person because <laughs> uh, i don't want to give anything away let's just say
1: uh, he's yeah he's Definitely got some challenges. A a sociopath. Let's say everybody's. Let's just say he's a sociopath because, of course, he is. Right.
0: So, but not everybody's had that experience that Ren has. Mm -hmm. Um, But she's so relatable on so many levels. I mean, like I said, people have walked away from other people after one night or a weekend or a week, so people know what that feels like, and and to to hide so many things and to have secrets and things like that. That's also relatable. So I think that was great. But let's talk about Adam. Uh, let's talk about the creating. and
1: I worry that you're so involved with Adam. I know, oh, I know. I'm going right down that pathway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's such pathology in this. I, I just don't want to talk about it. Uh, but when you created, when did you create Ren first or Adam and who was created for who?
1: That's a, that's a really interesting question. Well, It was Ren, it was Ren's voice that I heard first. So there's always like one, there's always one voice, initial voice. There eventually may be many voices, um, but there's always one voice initially that brings me into the book and that was Ren. And so I didn't really know that much about her when she showed up on the page. I never, I never do, you know, usually things start with a germ. In this case, it was a conversation with a young friend about online dating Um, And then it led me to be really curious about this, not so much about online dating, but about how this technology was kind of rewriting um, this ancient pursuit, you know, this kind of search for a mate. So that's kind of really what got me fascinated and started doing all this research. And then I hear the best way I can describe it is if it connects with something deeper going on with me, then I hear a voice. And in this case, it was, it was Wren. So she, so she came first and I was interested in, um, also when I started writing this book, I was interested in something that we just touched on, which is the predator prey relationship. So there, you know, like all, so Adam is the perfect, he's the perfect predator, you know, you have to be charming. You have to have that what you were saying, that attention, that intuition, that, you know, that ability to see what other people don't see, right? You have to have that in order to be an effective predator. Like, you know, if somebody showed up at your doorstep and they were like, you know, all crazed with a knife, you know, you, <laughs> go run you would go running. Most people have enough self-preservation, you know, they don't hate themselves enough <laughs> to just, you know, go with that guy. You've right. got to be, you've got to be lured, you know, you've got to be lured in. And so in that way, he, he's kind of like the perfect predator he sees and he's, he kind of, he has this really interesting playing field. Um, So it's always been, I've always been very interested in the concept of the sweetheart scam, which again, this, again, this is not about the sweetheart scam, but this is like this incredibly common scam where you meet somebody online and you think you're in love and you have a relationship, an online relationship with the person, and then, you know, suddenly there's some problem. They've, there's been an accident. They're trapped in a foreign country, and they ask for money, and you give it to them because, of course, you trust this person now who you've had this relationship with. And, you know, I you would think, right, that nobody would ever fall for that because everybody knows what it is. Nobody's going to fall for that. So many people do. So many people do. And people, smart people compassionate people, rule followers people who are all good gener- generous spirits like they fall for this thing again and again so it's kind of interested in that and like how does that person who's out there looking for that per- that vulnerable person how do they do it you know like what do, like what do they see in their prey that you know um, that attra- that attracts them because they do see something. And, uh, and so he's got all these like little lures that he puts out there. Like his, his profile is basically like the unprofile. That's what they joke about. Like, you know, it's a bad picture of him and, He's like, you know, his his, you know, his like one of his favorite things is solitude. You know, <laughs> like he he reads Rilke. You know, he's started brooding. Right. So there's a very specific type of woman, I think, that would be drawn to him. And so, I, you know, and, and when I first saw Adam, I I saw him in my mind the first when when he came to the bar, which is where Ren. Meets him for the first time, like I didn't really know about his profiles or who he was he was at that time when he just when he showed up at the bar, he was just this like you know incredibly virile, not necessarily handsome, but very attractive man, and he was dark and tall and brooding and had some kind of really just direct energy like hey let's why did you pick this place? Let's get out of here."
0: Right. And, and I remember him saying, this isn't the, this isn't the kind of place you usually go to. Right. And right away he you know, like zeroes in and, and like, like, how does he, how does he know that? You know, it's, and yeah, it's
1: exactly, it's exactly. so,
0: it's, it, I mean, it, the book had a very primal feel to me. You know, maybe it was kind of that prepping, uh, environment mm-hmm. that, yeah. uh, she grew up in and that yeah. he is, you know, it's, it's very back to nature, very, uh, raw. Maybe that's a better word for yeah. that i
1: definitely felt i definitely felt that energy as well and i also you know i uh, uh my friend carolyn kepnis who wrote uh you um and uh which yeah. we all probably know from the adaptation as well to netflix or whatever she talked we talked about uh, when we did an interview just recently we talked about her character joe goldberg you know and i was like I I was saying to her during that conversation, I was like, I am like a little bit, you know, upset, like that I'm so involved with him, right? Like, you know, like I'm so involved with this voice. I mean, here's this, you know, just really brutal killer, you know? And um, she was saying how, you know, what's so great about Joe is that he really pays attention. <laughs> oh
0: God. What does that say about modern times? I know. He's it's- all
1: in you know what it's i mean true. like he's all in it's and so true. i am um, yeah so i so i i guess it's like you know i i i guess that's probably what attract why you're attracted to adam because he is all in on ren and
0: yeah. even
1: after he's gone you know he's still doing you know what they call in you know all my colorful like sort of lexicon of online dating terms that i that i uh that i research is like he's basically breadcrumbing her Right, even after he's gone, he's sending these little missives. He's like essentially luring her with this trail of breadcrumbs away from the safety net of her life, and she, she, and she thinks she's she thinks she's hunting him,
0: which is which is another which is so brilliant because a lot of you can read a lot of suspense novels where um, uh, people are taken against their will. Right, you know, and they struggle right. against that. Be- they struggle against that person. But yeah. this book is scarier because she knows that she's uh, on some level. She knows that she's, she's complicit. Right, that he's pulling her in, and or that she's being pulled in, or letting herself, allowing herself. So it's almost as if she surrendered uh, her, her power to a certain extent, um, and and that's scary. Even though she's smart and, and, um, educated and she knows, but some people have this ability to, to do that. And that was for me, I mean, to, to a certain extent, she didn't totally surrender. It's
1: great, but it is a form of self-destruction, you know, it's a, it's a self-destructive behavior that we, you know, we do see, and we see it a lot in very intelligent women who otherwise make very, very smart choices about their lives. And then in this one area You know, they seem to be like you know they're looking for chaos, or they're looking for drama, or they're looking for pain. You know, and that very often you find people people who behave that way come from trauma. You know, because they they've learned, and this is certainly true for Ren. You know, she comes from trauma, and there's always going to be a part of her that thinks that pain is love. You know, that thinks that darkness is appealing because that's where she came from, and that's what she was forced to reckon with in her childhood. And so, you you know, and, and we don't even, we don't even know that about ourselves. We wouldn't, we would be surprised to learn that about ourselves, I think.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but it's pretty, it's fairly common.
0: But, and uh, I know, I wish I could talk to you for hours about this. And I know that's scary because you probably think I'm a stalker. Yeah. <laughs> Which based on the book is a little creepy too. Um, but the, the way the book is written, the style that the book is written uh, is so intimate like she's talking to him. Yeah. Uh, And so you're, you feel that how focused she is on him and that they are, even when she's hiding and running away and through this whole thing, that they are connected.
1: Yes. Yes. And that is, you know, that's one of the first things. So you, most things are not really for me. Oddly, they're not really a choice. Like I don't choose to write first person present tense. I don't choose to write third person omniscient. Like it does, it's not something that I go, well, I'm going to write a book about X and then I'm going to write it this way. I hear it. And if I had to change it, I wouldn't be able to. Like if I suddenly was like, this is not working. I need to write Ren from a different perspective. Like I could not do it. Like it just wouldn't, it just wouldn't work. And so for the fact that she was taught, was was talking to him was one of the first things that I noticed about her that she was talking to him after he had gone. And I was like, wow, you know, that's really, you know, that's really interesting because first of all, they haven't been together that long. It's not like you've been married for 20 or 30 years and your husband is gone and you're used to having an ongoing conversation about life with your husband. And so I could see why at that point, somebody might be still speaking to your, you know, lost love or whatever it was. But like in this case they you know she feels that they've been together for such a long time it's really only been 3 months and she she hasn't committed or been in love with anybody else in all her adult life and so this is her in a lot of ways this is her first love so she's got that kind of teen first love angst thing going on but she's you know an older woman near her you know near her 30s and so she's you know she's got this all these kinds of you know little things about her that I was noticing on the page. And that was one of them. And I was like, wow, is she unstable to have attached so deeply to him that she's talking to him in this way. And so that was like one of the first things I knew about her in the writing of her. And I just kind of went with it, you know, I just, because I don't have any choice.
0: It was was great. It was wonderful. And so what, what was your favorite thing about writing this book? What about this book itself? I mean, you've written so many other uh, great books, Confessions on the 745. I love the beginning, love the setup. What was different about this book? What was your favorite thing about this book?
1: I think the thing that I love the most about this book, and it's always really hard to pick because it is kind of, it's a marriage. You know, it's a relationship. You know, like everything about it is meaningful to me in in some way. But I think what I love the most about uh, this book was the was was the her connection to nature um and how she had this deep connection to this land that she hates in a place that she's fled that she's changed her entire identity in order to move on from that and you know she's ensconced herself like in the urban jungle like she's living in Brooklyn she's restoring a townhome. she's like fully ensconced in that New Yorker like urban thing podcasting Uh, she's podcasting she's fully modern she's like the you know she's the she's the whole she's the full modern girl you know her relationship with Jax who's like kind of a woman up you know tough love you know, also blogger, podcaster, you know, full on social media, just, you know, he's spamming me. I met this guy on Instagram, blah, blah, blah. Right. Like, so there's this really like techie, modern feature to the book. And then there's, there's Robin, you know, who is like her draw back to this wild place where she grew up and where such terrible things happen and where terrible things happened to her to her family and where she did terrible things. And yet there's a beauty and a, and a wildness to that space in her life that she is always drawn. She's always drawn back. She's always drawn back to it. You know, she always feels the tug back to the place where, you know, her father was very unstable and a doomsday prepper and a collapseist, Which means that, you know, he thought that the world had already ended and that humanity just hadn't figured it out yet.
0: That's an interesting distinction, very
1: yeah. happy true
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: and uh and, the, and she feels this very you know powerful pull back to that to that place, and the skills that she learned there are the skills that have been, that she will rely on later in the book, and that her father she found pieces of her father in that wild place that she probably wouldn't have found it in place else. She found a way to love a certain sliver of who he was, even though he did terrible things.
0: I think, um, you know, at its core, this is a family novel. Hmm. Uh, it, it is. Um, it's, a, it's a story about her and her, her relationship with her, her entire family. And, you know, yeah. she found her power um, at a very early age and paid for it. Yeah. Um, for, for the rest of her life. So, um, it, I mean, it was really, there's, there's tragedy in here. Um, there is, um, some degree, you know, humor, it's not all dark, um, right. but it is, it is so relatable and I love the names, you know, when I thought, Oh my God. And because I am, I do read so much and I do look for things that aren't there. Um, this whole thing has me sounding really unstable too, but the name Adam you know, the first man, I was like, right. that is an amazing choice. Was that, was that a conscious choice or is that a coincidental choice? Cause that was perfect for him.
1: He, you know, all my characters just come with their, they just come with their name <sighs> yeah.
0: perfect. And, like, to
1: the degree that like, again, the same way, like if I have to change it, I can't, you know, like I, I mean, sometimes I have had to change names for a variety of different reasons and like, there's been no choice, but to go back and do a global, you know a global it's change document which is always terrifying it's always a terrifying thing to do but worse than that like the character never stops being the character that that it was for me in the writing system so when i'm talking about it like a year later like i might all together forget like what the new <laughs> name of the character is <laughs> <laughs> like i think that's not my name that's not the story or how it, it how it revealed itself to me so i have to like go oh right yeah no that's the right that's the name now.
0: So you you have Adam, you have Robin, you have Wren.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, I mean they, they all are so um, perfectly symbolic of, of who they are and what they represent. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Uh, you know Robin's hope, and I, I mean even though I it was it was just such a great book. And as I said, you know I think people can read this and experience on it on so many levels. And it definitely is the kind of book that you read it once and then you want to read it again. And it, it could be a totally different experience. Thank you. Uh, so I, I'm just curious, what what is it that you hope that people will feel when they read the book, when they when they read the last page and they they close the book? What is it that you hope that they'll feel about the book?
1: I hope I hope they get that. I hope they get that goose bumpy feeling that I get or that I got, especially with this book, and that I get in other you know other books. Like there's like this goose bumpy feeling at the end that you're like, okay, that's it right? Like that's all of it, you know, like that's the entirety of the story. And I think that, you know, it is a thriller, of course. And then at the, um, at, at a recent book event, a friend of mine was like, you know, I think it's also a love story. And I was like, oh, <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't, well, yeah, okay, maybe you're right. <laughs> it is, I guess, on some level, a love story. Um, and then I think like sort of one of the big themes, like the, you know, the heart of the book is that, you know, Ren comes from this place and from this person who thought that the world would had ended or was ending or that the world was in chaos, the world's on fire. It's, you know, it's, it's madness. And his answer to that was, you know, to leave, that you leave, you take your, what's yours and you move it someplace where you can survive. And Ren doesn't want to make that choice. You know, she is willing to admit that maybe maybe the world is ending or maybe, you know, maybe things are, are too far gone or it's, it's uh, you know, that the, the it's on fire, but that, you know, you stay, you don't get to go. You stay and fight for the people that you love and for what is. And so I feel like that thread is probably the thing that I hope, you know, people most walk away from it whole day.
0: I, I love that and I also love the, the forgiveness, the healing. You see her on this journey and and she is transformed at the end and it does surprising things. Yeah. So even at the end there yeah. are surprising things. So I, everybody's going to want to stick with it through the whole book, but they're definitely going to want to stick through it for the ending uh, because I, I did not see that coming. Uh, so I I appreciate that. Uh it was a great experience. What, what are you are you working on a new book now? I know you're busy promoting Last Girl Ghosted, but are you writing now or?
1: I am. I'm always writing. Well, I just a couple of weeks ago wrote the end on my twentieth novel. Um, which is, you know, kind of felt like a big deal, you know, it did. It felt like a big deal. <laughs> it did. And uh and so that was um that was I can't I never talk about the book until it's ready to go out into the world once it's like ready to go to galley then I'm I'm ready to talk about it but I am already at work on the book that that comes after that one so that would be the 2023 book that's what I'm just starting to work on
0: now And and you're releasing this book into the pandemic how fun for you Yeah I mean this is my second pandemic release
1: This is (laughs) my.
0: So this is even a different experience from your first pandemic release.
1: It is. It's all new. Like last year, we were just, you know, like sometime in March 2020, I I pivoted to move online, and as you can see, me sitting here with my bookshelves behind me in my office, this is where I have been since March 2020, pretty much. And so the confessions on the 7:45 release was full virtual. Um, which in many ways was absolutely fantastic. You know, I was able to connect with people that would never have been able to come to a book signing. But my fan base is, you know, um, is all over the world. And so, people, you know, my book events were attended by people from all over the world. And so that was really kind of nice. And I heard from readers saying that, like, wow, you know, I've been meeting you for 20 years And I have never been able to come into a book signing before because you don't come to my town or for whatever reason. And so finally I was able to connect with those folks and that was pretty nice. And then um, this year uh, it's been more of a hybrid. So I actually have had two live events here in Florida. Um, I had one at my local St. Pete Indie, Tomblo Books, and one at my local Tampa Indie, Oxford Exchange, and they were live in-person events, um, but we also were able to broadcast them. Uh, below was on Facebook and uh, Oxford Exchange was on uh, Instagram Live. And so it's, and then the rest of it has been, you know, all virtual. So, yeah.
0: Does it, do? You, is it a letdown not to get all that feedback from people? I mean, you spent all that time writing the book and, or you, is, is that something There's that-
1: It's nonstop feedback. <laughs>
0: Maybe more feedback than you ever wanted to have.
1: It's really important to feedback. Let's be clear. <laughs> 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 but what was, uh, but what was really not? What what I did not realize that I missed was like just the physical touching okay. of people. Yeah. You know, the hugging, the like, so- the physical signing of the book. Which you know, like the last couple of years, the books have come to me. I'd be getting like boxes, boxes of books from places like Poison Pen or, you know, Mysterious Bookshop in New York City. And so they come to me and I sign and sign and sign and box them up, and send them back out. So I did have that, but like being in this with the line, signing, yeah. talking to people, like I did not realize how much I missed that because I am an introvert, most writers are. So I, you know, I was like, I didn't know how great it was going to feel to be, um, to be out there. You know, and like have that you know energy, that yeah. immediate. It's like right, like by feedback, like that immediate energetic, like that energetic exchange. And I was surprised that you know how much I I did miss that. So when it came when it came back, it was um, nice, really nice.
0: Well, I'm, I'm hoping everybody uh, who can will buy your book. Uh, I I can recommend it a hundred percent. I don't usually do that. Um, but I, I do, I really loved it. Um, it, it's a full experience of everything. When, when you say genre, there's a little bit of everything in there for anybody. Um, so I would buy it. If you, if you can't buy the book, um, it'll be in libraries. I'm sure. Please review it. Bar, if you do borrow it from your friends, it's okay that you didn't buy it, but at Least review it,
1: yeah, or uh, post about it on social media if you, if you liked it, <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, we appreciate it. Well, I appreciate your time so much, Lisa. I wish you best of luck on the book.
1: Thank um, you, Mary. Thank and I
0: and I hope we'll get to meet in person and talk again soon. I appreciate I
1: would, it. I would love that. I'll look forward to that.
0: Okay, all right, thank you. All thank right, you so we'll talk soon. Bye bye, bye everyone.